Good evening and welcome to the Com Center. I'm Drew Breezy. Tonight, we're going to zip up the final installment in our suitcase trilogy. Listen, if you haven't heard the first two episodes, don't worry. This isn't one of those uh, series where you have to follow along uh, like Game of Thrones or anything. Uh, but I would love for you to go back and watch the first two. John is going to complete a diorama of the interrogation room right before your eyes tonight while I speak. And I'm going to give you a Halloween treat, a John O'Lantern, if you will. Uh, all that and what it means for your weekend tonight on the Com Center. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. We know it. Shootings in New York City have more than doubled this year. Guns up and giddy up. Welcome to Failure to Stop. This is the number one podcast and platform where we entertain and inform first responders. Tonight it's a special wallflower edition. That's right. All the cool kids who don't go to the party, who are still at work, working on a live stream for the fans, not just kicking back and relaxing in sunny old Florida, except for Drew. Tonight's the Comp Center. Tonight is a show that is about 911 dispatchers and how we work in the field to protect our communities. Or it's also about detectives and how they interrogate people in an interrogation chamber, which I believe is what it's called. <laughs> Drew is a veteran detective. He's our host for tonight, the communications room with Lieutenant Andrew Baxter. Drew used to teach this uh, when he was a detective. He taught a course, a 40-hour course to... Uh, prospective detectives, uh, deputies of all kinds. He would teach them an interview and interrogation techniques. He would rob the minds of the guilty and use that information to convict them. Tonight, he's going to put on a show for you. He's going to show you what's going on in the mind of the accused, this crazy Sarah Boone lady who zipped up her boyfriend in his suitcase. Zany murder, if there ever was one. He's wacky. Also, he's gonna, yes, wacky. He's also going to take you deep into the minds of detectives and what they're thinking about. But first, let's check in with Drew. Drew, how the heck are you, old buddy? It's a it, it's a packed weekend. I was supposed to be in Jacksonville, as you all know. Uh, it is a packed weekend, though, filled with family. As a matter of fact, I just left Jackson's baseball game, okay? Uh, and nothing, John, I, I know that you'll agree with me, nothing uh, says I support the great American pastime than a now defunct Canadian team known Expos. as the Expos. Yep. You should be yeah. proud of Who, me for and, knowing that. Yeah. And by the way, Montreal wanted to secede from their own country as well. Uh, I think though, if you flip this up to upside down, it becomes a W for the Washington nationals. So in theory, it became the national team of the United States. So we got that. We got an archery tournament going on. Taylor's version of 1989 gets dropped tonight. Uh, I, I don't know if there's, if we're if any of us are going to get sleep. It's, I've been fighting palpable. a fever. The energy's palpable. It's, it, it's out of the. I, I've been fighting a fever since I was in the seventh grade. I think it's the same fever that I had when I was in Clayton. Um, so it's just a jam-packed weekend. I was unable to make it up to Jacksonville. The boys are in. Women are having a uh, a great time up there. If you didn't catch uh, earlier, they did a little live broadcast on Getting a Grip on Things channel and simulcasted on uh, Failure to Stops channel. 
obviously having a blast. Uh, I see plenty of pictures with uh, Mr. Ken Shamrock himself. Um, so hopefully they're having a blast. It, 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 listen, tune in tomorrow. It's going to be uh, like an all-star cast tomorrow. It's going to be a, a fun show for them to do. Uh, they, they've just got, you know, uh, a plethora of guests to run through there. So uh, hopefully I can sleep in a little bit. It's but, just like, uh, it's just like a real party. They're going to have a good time. All kinds of people are going to drop by. And me and Drew won't be there. It's just like right. it's like it's yeah. It's just like every squad party, guys. Uh, we're we're the nerds. We're we're joking about it, but we're absolutely fine with it. We want to be invited, but we don't want to go. That's that's how it is when right. you're an introvert. In fact, the, when you commit to going, that's when you start a, a season of spooky Halloween dread about actually showing up and being around people. It's it's a relief, you know, and I'm I'm glad I never even had to go through any realistic expectation of going because Florida is very far away from me. So uh, I was glad uh, glad not to go from the start. <laughs> yes, this is uh, our version of the of the prom. So uh, John and I are sitting this one out. We're, we're going to get pizza. We're going to play a little Nintendo and uh, and hang out. Gonna, uh, maybe you know some rent, uh, root beer or whatever. Yeah, we're what's gonna, that? We're going to rent a tape. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. So what? Uh, if, Beverly so Hills what if Cop Two. Sleep before the news comes on. Big deal. <laughs> nice. Oh no, that's that Star Spangled Banner will wake us up. Oh yeah, when the, when the broadcast is over. How many people <laughs> yeah. around here remember that? Like, uh, they play the anthem and then and then it's just bars and tone generator, and you're like, oh well, I guess I have to go to bed now because either the world <laughs> ended or it's two a.m. Like either way, <laughs> right? Either we've been invaded. Uh, or it's just time to go to bed, uh, and then the ants start racing. Um, so I, I guarantee uh, uh, Abby Ellsworth, our, our very close friend, remembers all that. I mean, yeah. she was uh, Michael that. Hendricks, I'm sure, remembers the New Zoo Review with Gary Gnu. No Gnu's is good Gnu's. And uh, that's uh, that's about all I got. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm in for a packed weekend. And, and to boot, um, my beloved... Um, home team Buffalo Bills are playing against my current home team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night football, uh, which is probably where Micah is one and two. Uh, it, it creates a huge conflict for me, John, you know why? Because I hate the NFL. So that's the main thing. Uh, I know it was better back in the day when they played a real game. And I know the strike was, was tough for you. And then, and yes, then of course, trying to hang on through the four falls of Buffalo was also, you know, like those are the times to try men's souls. That, that <laughs> yes. Miss Scott Norwood field goal. I mean, that many men fell in the cold that January. So don't feel bad about that. Plus, yeah. the Cowboys beat him twice, which really helped me level up as a boy. You know, really helped me, yeah. helped me to feel like winning the Super Bowl was a normal thing that would happen every year when I was a child. So. So it's not like it yeah. set up a huge, you know, neurological problem for me that would last my whole life about the Cowboys not making it back since that day. Yeah, I do. I feel like crying a little bit, but but I'll tell you. Uh, so you'll know. Um, one of my favorite players on on that Dallas team was Daryl Moose Johnston. Love him. Yep. Full and uh, the yeah, out of Lewiston Porter. Lewport, which is uh, a stone's throw from Niagara Falls, is actually where my niece goes to high school. That's a cool story. I like him because he was a good fullback. <laughs> he was a good citizen. He's good still person. he's still a good announcer, and I, I believe he's a part owner of. And I could be wrong on this. Double check it later. You know, if you care enough. But I think he's a part owner of the, uh, the Arena League football team, the Barnstormers. Maybe 
Um, I believe that. Just, just a cool guy. Um, want to acknowledge some Human people in, in the chats. Unless, unless you want to talk about Moose Johnson all night, I can do that. No, go, please. Uh, first of all, I want to say hi to anybody that's dropping in from a uh, the crispy donut community. I see Ralph there. Uh, I think Catherine's one of ours. Could just be Ralph. I tried to hop on with the crispy donut community today. They're these guys that like they're really enthusiasts about everyday carry, which is like being proud of owning a wallet and a pocket knife and stuff. <laughs> and uh, the other day they were, oh my God, he's an Eagles fan. Why does, God, we gotta, I gotta do, I gotta discriminate against friendships I'm making better. Somehow it's not working out for me. Um, I hate the Eagles <laughs> with all my heart, but Ralph, you're still welcome here. Uh, I'll talk about how much I hate the Eagles this weekend on Patreon. Um, Anyway, I tried, They're to blast. I, yeah, I tried to jump on with them, but uh, for some reason they didn't have a live today. So I don't know what's up with that. Thomas Hunt's in the chats. Welcome. Uh, Catherine already acknowledged you. You've been acknowledged. Captain Micah has always been promoted. I see a Lumen Melder who says Madge says hi. I don't know if that's Madge herself or if, uh, if you guys in the chats don't know who Madge is, it's because you don't subscribe to Patreon, which is okay. But if you do want more failure to stop, uh, you can get it that way. Um <laughs> And uh, also, I've just got a brief item to touch on in the news, just as a follow-up, Drew, before we get started. Oh, please. Um, so, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a, an episode once where you completely disappeared for about 12 minutes. And I <laughs> yeah. talked about uh, Ben Darby in his case down in Alabama, because I was uh, uncomfortable, and it was the only police-related thing on Earth that I knew anything about at the time. Sure. Uh, Kaylin Darby just got on Instagram the other day, yesterday or the day before, and uh, Ben was set all set to go back to trial. If you don't remember Ben Darby's case, uh, it was about five years ago. He arrived on scene uh, to a guy uh, named uh, Parker. I'm sorry, I don't know his first name, but um, he had a pistol and he was in, in his house with two officers. Uh, Darby arrived, found these two officers, ignoring all tactical protocols of being in the same room with a man with a gun. They didn't have their guns out. Obviously, should have been outside trying to establish safe communications from a distance, establish a perimeter. This Parker guy said uh, he had told a neighbor that he wanted to kill a cop, suicide by cop. Darby goes in there, and uh, the moment in question is when Parker posed some kind of threat to Darby and the other police officers, and Darby made the uh, decision that he had to uh, use force against Mr. Parker. Well, this was all during the George Floyd era and Officer Ben Darby, who reacted according to his training and uh, in accordance with the law, and he was... uh, he, they made him an example, and they uh, charged him with murder after uh, a whole bunch of bullshit went on where they cleared him of any wrongdoing administratively. And then, uh, Yeah, he, it was a good shoot. Yes. Um, his department not only cleared him, um, you know, use of force experts testified in the trial that it was a good shoot, and not, uh, you know, the city itself paid for part of his defense. Exactly. Uh, so he got convicted. He went to uh, prison. And uh, they got an appeal. Their appeal was granted, and they were given a new trial. Well, so Ben got out of pr- out of prison about seven months ago, and this whole time, uh, we know we've been thankful for that. But they've uh, had this uh, trial date coming up in December. Well, the way the way that Kalen puts it is, is that good news and bad news. The good news is Ben Darby is not going to go to trial in December. The bad news is that he pled to manslaughter, and uh, on the condition that he face no prison time so he's going to be on uh, supervised release uh, for three years Uh, he can't talk about the case at all during the next three years so 
as much as I would love to call up Ben Darby and tell him to come on and talk about it on failure to stop, uh, he's not in a position where he could do that. But uh, it's just very tough because all of us are behind Ben Darby because he's a principled person who chose to fight and do what was right. They offered him a deal to begin with way back before this all started. After being separated from his wife and after all, frankly, the bullshit of the criminal justice system and being made into uh, an example for something he didn't do wrong, he's decided he wants to spend the rest of his life with his wife and leave all this nonsense behind. And who can blame him for that? So best of luck uh, to the Darbys. Uh, hopefully yeah. we'll hear from you guys uh, in three years' time when you can come out and talk about your case. Hopefully there'll be a book deal or something. Uh, I've had a few questions, uh, like because you know I've talked about the Darby case extensively, and uh, most of the questions I'm fielding are like, well, if you you know if everyone was such a staunch advocate and he didn't do anything wrong, why why would anybody in their right mind plea? Uh, and that's just it. it. People have to understand that the criminal justice system works this way. I can't tell you how many quote innocent people plea you're putting that you're putting your future in the hands of a jury that di- it didn't go in your favor the first time yeah uh it, it, and it's an attorney's job to mitigate your punishment uh maybe not necessarily get you 1000 percent free um they she mentioned uh the one of the most important aspects of this is during the trial itself they they viewed him and they uh, the judge gave jury instructions to the jury to view him as a police i mean i'm sorry as, as a, a citizen. regular citizen yeah right not as a police officer like police officers have different standards and police officers are trained you know for for different things but they were instructed to to disregard his status as a police officer and of course the supreme court came back with darby versus alabama that said you can't do that. That's that's not fair to police officers. They are specifically trained for a reason. And um, so, you know, they at least set precedence. And uh, this nightmare will all be over in three years if he just, you know, does his probation and, and keeps his head low. And he won't have to go to back to prison, which I think is probably the primary reason. Like, he's already been down that road. Yeah. He, he's already been in prison. And he's not going back I, I don't blame him one bit no like but, I, but it I, is unfortunate that he never did anything wrong now he has to live life as a felon he can't own a firearm he can't vote and all this hopefully uh there, you know there's some hope that he could get an executive pardon from the governor or the president at some point that could happen yeah. but i, I want to say this to anyone who's criticizing him for running away from his ideals i'm going to tell you this i went through jury selection uh january february this year uh it was on a it was on a uh homicide case and uh we were there all day and uh you know i i have a degree in criminal justice which is is not a big deal okay but i mean i have had some education on it and humble brag no four years is nothing all all it did was give me (laughs) some crippling debt and i can watch welders (laughs) and plumbers go out there and make a lot more money than me uh but uh so i was sitting there all day and the common juror the common person I could not believe how how do I put this ignorant they were about the law. Yeah. They have all these they they know so much and everything they know is wrong and everything else 
they're completely vacant on. And I'm sitting there all day surrounded by these people. And you would have people who uh, who are really proud to be good citizens and good jurors. And they would be saying these stupidest things all day to the point where I'm trying not to rub my face because, you know, the lawyers are sitting there looking at me. And I'm sure they're judging me by every, like, angry expression that I'm making about how unhappy I am to be there. I actually put that in my juror questionnaire that I was not happy to be there just because I felt like that was the truth. And um, I just, I can't, I can't imagine putting my life in the hands of people like that. People who yeah. have no idea what it means to be a good citizen. They got a, they got a C in 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 high school civics thirty years ago, and they don't know what it's like to be a police officer. They don't understand the criminal justice system. They don't understand lawyers. Right. They don't understand anything that's going on around me. I'm not even a big deal. I'm not a lawyer, but at least I had a grasp of what was happening. And then when I had to see these people who were totally uneducated, all of a sudden they were they were my peers. It was it was very frustrating. I know we don't have a system that's better. It's kind of bullshit of me to complain about something and not have something to offer to replace Western jurisprudence. But all I can say is I don't blame Ben Darby for one bit for not wanting to go back in front of those people and have them decide. A jury of your peers means a randomized selection from the pool of drivers of uh, you know, people with valid driver's licenses. That's literally where they choose that from. It used to be here in Florida or here in Hillsborough County or this judicial circuit, they used to pull you from the voter rolls. So if you were registered to vote, that's where you would get your, your jury duty notice. So they, you know, they, they made the connection that if you're a good citizen, you, you're probably a voter. Therefore you're probably going to, you know, put something into being a juror and blah, blah, blah. Well, they couldn't get enough people for the jury. So they just went to this method of randomized driver's licenses. And that's how they call people to jury duty. That's it's just a, a machine that generates randomized driver's licenses. So if you want to throw 400 driver's licenses in a hat, pick 12 out and put your fate in their hands and hope that uh, they're not biased against police officers, that they haven't watched a minute of CNN over the last six years. These are the same people you're arguing with in the comments on uh, Instagram and Facebook, by the way. You want to put your fate in, in their hands? Go ahead. I think, you're, uh, I think your head is made of stone. Uh, but if you, um, if you, you know, maybe plead to a lesser charge of manslaughter, understand that all you have to do is keep your nose clean for three years and this nightmare will be over and you'll never have to step in a prison again because you may not make it out of prison as a police officer. I know that that might be a foreign concept to some people, but once they figure out who he is, he's probably not coming out alive. Uh, it's a, it's a certain, it's almost a certain death penalty. I, I don't, I, I'm on your side, John. I, I don't blame him one bit for taking the plea. Deal. Well, not only that i mean prisons you know even if they were able to hide his identity forever prison is awful and when you're a young guy and all you ever wanted to do is help your community and live your life with your wife and have all those normal things prison's not the place for you like he he's not a criminal he doesn't belong there right so right. i don't i don't blame him at all and and i just i just wish the best of luck for him i hope great things happen for ben darby so well you know who does belong in prison john is sarah boone yeah. and how we got here uh, previously is uh, just to catch you up. I, I think I got it right at the point where we put it on pause uh, last time. But um, <clears throat> what they did was uh, so, so. Just to recap, in case you're just you know catching this for the first time, this is part three in the trilogy of Sarah Boone of the what we're calling the suitcase case. Uh, not to be redundant, 
Um, but but also not she, to not be redundant either. I mean, not to not be redundant uh, because we are actually members and presidents uh, of the club of redundancy club, and we are officers in the same organization. I, I think that uh, what we're doing here is um, recapping Sarah, who had a few drinky drinks, and uh, she probably more than likely had been abused by this fella that she was seeing. Um, I, I think a lot of it was based in alcohol. Uh, some of the neighbors have reported to the detectives or had reported to the detectives that they, they heard them drunk and screaming all the time and, and all this other stuff. So... Uh, one Sunday evening, uh, they had a few drinks and um, they decided to play hide and seek after uh, imbibing and uh, doing puzzles and artwork. Uh, I don't know if they were doing dioramas, but they, um, w- w- in the process, the male half, uh, I don't remember his name, God rest his soul anyway, got into a suitcase. In I, this- believe, I believe it was written out Jorge. But it was pronounced George. George. Okay. And uh, I, I don't speak as Spanish as, as well as you do. So he um, he gets in the suitcase. She zips it all the way up. She claims that she left like two fingers worth of, you know, for him to get out. Very clearly, though, she takes video of it, of him on the on the ground in the suitcase in this vicious game of hide-and-seek which, you know, she knows where he is, so he already lost, right? And she's filming him, and he's saying things like, Sarah, I can't breathe in here, babe. You got to let me out. I can't breathe in here. I'm getting, well, I'm getting murdered. <laughs> well, eventually what happens is Sarah, you know, just starts making comments about, this is what I feel like when you cheat on me. This is what I feel like when you're choking me. And so now we've added a pinch of malice into this uh this un- this uh, very unfortunate situation. She went up and went to bed. Um, you know, she just claims that she went to bed and forgot about it. But uh, uh, more than likely, what happened is she went up to bed and passed out. I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm taking a wild guess. So she goes upstairs, passes out. She comes down around noonish. She, you know, she gets up at the crack of noon the next day, and she uh, looks at the suitcase on the floor and has this light bulb moment. Oh shit. I left him in the suitcase and uh, opens the suitcase. And sure enough, he, you know, there were signs of postmortem lividity and she tried to give him CPR and started, uh, he started gurgling and stuff like signs of apparent death. Uh, she called 911. They gave her instructions on how to do CPR. Uh, we, we reviewed the body cam in episode one, I believe episode two, we kind of went through the front part of the, the interrogation. Now we're just going to finish up the interrogation. So you can be as just as angry as I am, but you'll see uh, how she acts and reacts to all of this. So where we left off in this thing, just when they were getting ready to show her her own phone video, which she claims that she did not remember taking either. And she claims that she was not inebriated either. uh, The, laptop died on the computer so again as john told you i I taught interviews and interrogations for quite a while um and i'm just going to lend my two cents of what's going on in this interrogation room and we'll finish it out that way so here they are um 
very uh, distracted. You, you guys anyway. are scaring me. Sorry. By what's going on. We just want you to watch this. This came from your phone. Don't you want to know what's on it? Yes, please. Is it long? Because I don't know how much I can take. Those are, I think those would be common questions for someone who doesn't want to watch the death of a loved one. But at the same time, I do believe her tone would be a lot different if she didn't know she knows how it turned there. out. It's from her phone. Yeah. 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 Unless she was just so drunk. She doesn't, she was blacked out drunk. But yes. we'll... I don't know how much I can take. She also claimed that video. Do I have to watch this? I continuously throw up. I don't sleep. I don't want to see it, if that's okay. <clears throat> well, it's on your phone, and you can either explain it or we take it for what it is. Yeah. We're just trying to give you the opportunity to tell us what's going on. That's it. It's that long? Two minutes. No. <laughs> So you can hear her yelling, you know, kind of saying things to him, and she sounds drunk, like she's for everything you did to me, and and he's you can hear him faintly in the background yelling, Sarah, Sarah, for everything you've done to me, Sarah, fuck you, Sarah, fuck you. that's you, Sarah. your voice, stupid, Sarah. That's my name. Don't worry about it. I can't fucking believe it. Yeah, that's when you do it. You shook me. Sarah. Sarah. I don't want to watch it, please. Okay. Sarah. Last, last time we talked to you, you said that you put him in the suitcase, he had two fingers hanging out. Okay, what does that mean, though? So, so he said last time we talked to you, you said you, he put him in the suitcase and and you gave him two fingers to breathe. And her immediate response, it, it, she's not distraught about the fact that she just is watching this, like she wants them to shut it off because she doesn't want to hear it anymore. She's not distraught about that. She's not confused by any of it, and she's she's definitely not saying, guys. I don't even remember taking this video. I've got some big, big, big problems here, which is probably the only acceptable answer, in my opinion. Um, he, he's just like, I'm, I'm giving you the opportunity. And she's like, well, I flipped him over. That's probably the dumbest answer I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, you flipped him over. Like, what, what, what did you think was going to happen, Sarah? I flipped him over, and that's where it was. There's... Two different videos and a still picture where, yeah, it shows you flipping him in different positions and him saying that he can't breathe and you saying fuck So this is upside down. So in order for him to have gotten into it, it was flipped up. Right. It was flipped up normal. Yeah. Like as if you're packing something. So this is upside down. Guys, this is killing me right now. So this image is upside down. It's killing him, Sarah. Down. And then this small video that occurred 11 minutes later, it's flipped over the other way, closer to your dining room table. Okay. Now he's obviously still in there. So he didn't, how did that, how did it go from the back to the front? I flipped it. Okay. 
My plan was not to go upstairs and go to sleep. Well, that's what you did. Yeah. But not intentional of. No, you told me you went upstairs because what? you were Stop getting here. ready for bed. Stop. She's making that arm motion. She keeps saying stopped here, uh, but where is here? Like, I mean, she's even making a motion that she zipped it all the way up, to be honest, but. Here. Okay, but here? show me where you can see any fingers coming out, because there's it's, the end. It's And his head's right here. Mm-hmm. So going like this, rather than going all the way up, it's like this. But why is he saying I can't breathe and why is he pushing on it as if he can't get out? And it doesn't show a hole. You, there's, there's no, no hole. There's no fingers. I don't see his fingers. There's no hole. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, I don't know, like, what you want me to tell you. I'm uh, this is the point. I mean, I always just stop them, and especially if it's recorded, I, I, I want you to tell me the truth. I don't want you to tell me anything but the truth. Don't don't tell me anything that you think happened. Tell me exactly what happened, but be truthful about it. Um, I, I mean, they have an effective tool right at their fingertips, which would be um, kind of playing that recording over and over again. Uh, I think you'd be pushing the bounds almost, but it's fair game. Uh, she asked you to stop. There's no there's no law that says you kind of have to. I mean. Just showing you. I'm just telling you what we see and what we've heard from the other I understand. Video. I understand. He's begging to let for you to let him out. You sound. You're laughing in the beginning, and then in the end, it sounds kind of like a no. It's not malicious. Well, saying fuck you. Uh, it's not malicious. Then what is that? What does fuck you mean to you? Well, like if you were to, if I were to tell my Oh, like he does. Like. I get told everything but a white woman, so. Right. Oh, yeah, it's not your fault. This gets turned on her. Yeah. She's she's saying, I'm the victim here. I get called everything but a white woman, and I can't say fuck you while he's suffocating right in front of me, is is essentially what she's saying. Okay. My intention was not to leave him in there. Well, you did. You did leave (laughs) him in there. I think in the theme development, though, I think I would stick with that. Like, it's almost, it's not necessarily going to be an out because, again, she has sprinkled some malice in the stew here already by saying things like, fuck you, and this is what it's like when you strangle me. But, like, look, you know, you like to be in control. You've told us that. You're a control freak. You don't know what to do when things go wrong. That's the position you're in right now, and I'm here trying to help you. And, and that's all I want to do is I just want to help you. But I can't help you unless you start telling me the truth. So, you know, you're floating down this river and I'm trying to th- throw this, you know, life, uh, this donut out to you. But you're you're looking at me saying fuck you and you're just swimming on past. But you're going to get caught up in the current at some point, Sarah. And um, I, I don't know what to do when you start drowning because I've already tried to throw you a few lifelines here and and you're not you're not taking the lifelines like put yourself in my shoe. This is what I would be telling her, put yourself in my shoes. I mean, literally I'll take my shoes off and you can sit here and tell me, would you believe you? If you heard what you're saying, I know you wouldn't because you're smarter than that. So let's get to the truth. Let's talk about what happened. Was it that you went upstairs because you were drunk, you know, and and then, so in your theme development, you've created, uh, you know, maybe this idea that, 
well, maybe I was just a little too intoxicated and I didn't understand what was going on. And yeah, I passed out like, because she's, she's really not budging on, on any of this. Do you have a take on any of this, John? Well, I just want to acknowledge some of the people in the chats who don't think that I'm real or live or whatever. <laughs> Tactical right. dude, Marine's blood. I'm alive. I'm, this is real time. I guess she just kind of makes my blood run cold. And uh, to be honest, she reminds me of uh, inmates. Classic criminal thinking. No matter right. how much you confront her with guilty information, there's always some reason why it's not her fault. It's circumstances fault. Probably one of my favorite quotes from prison, and I'll just let you go on. I don't have a lot to say, but... Uh, there was an inmate once who said, the only reason I'm in prison is because I knew a guy who tried to get himself murdered. <laughs> he was in prison for attempted murder. He literally was so dissociated from the truth and culpability. He said, I knew someone that tried to get themselves murdered. Um, That's her. She's only going to be in prison because she knew a guy that got himself zipped up inside his suitcase. So, <laughs> uh, If Marine's blood or tactical would like to... Uh, type out some type of number uh, with their uh, cloven hands. I will read the number, and John, you can read it as well. You know and what? You know what? A good number for them, for them to call out would be six six six. Yes, eight, I was going to say eight four eight com nine one one. Why? What is that? Eight four eight com nine one one. That might be a phone call, a uh, phone number that you could call. Um, and that, talk to us uh, live, well, and we're not at and talk home, to us live. and we're not naked. Oh, Will Cray says 69. Look, Tactical says, look, Marines is getting me in trouble. You're, you're both Marines. Like, yes, you're going to go down together. Uh, so 1911, according to Michael Hendricks, which is uh, some type of Smith & Wesson product. Okay, here we go. Have you, it, so she, she admits, uh, like, she's done this before. At least this is how I would kind of attack this statement. So it goes from funny to no longer funny. But I you're the only one laughing. But I didn't think that he was, like, panicky. Like, I didn't, I, so pushing up on a suitcase saying, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. George has done that in the past before, too, where it's just like, he thinks that he's, woe is me kind of thing, where it's like, I don't, he's never been locked in a suitcase, but now he couldn't get up. So, it's kind of, I thought it was the the oxygen crying wolf, crying wolf. Kind of thing. Okay. And again, my plan. But, but nowhere in there is he laughing. Is he joking? Mm -hmm. He is begging. And you're the only one laughing. Okay. And you're the only one saying derogatory comments. Like you're mad. No. Please don't. I don't mean to sound negative, and I don't know if <laughs> I can say this, but like it's like you guys are kind of trying to like feed me. Like, no, I'm just trying to show you a video that you no longer want to watch because you probably don't want to know the outcome of how and what you said. Well, I know what you know. You know what's on that video now? No. People try to build their defense when they're sitting there talking to you. So she's she's already saying you're trying to feed me or you're putting words in my mouth or whatever. I don't mean to be but rude, you, but don't interrogate me for murder. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you could have asked me politely if I had murdered my boyfriend. Um, so, she, you know, like, when you do that, like, you just you need to remind them maybe, like, you realize it's recorded, right? Like, that's probably not going to work. Like, you know, their, their minds are going 200 miles a minute, and sometimes it's better to just kind of throw them off the track with the truth sometimes. So I Do you remember making that video? Oh. Why don't you remember making the video? Probably because we had been drinking. But you weren't drunk. 
just because I went upstairs and just you because you're drunk doesn't mean. See, this is this is the hand motions not matching what she's saying. You got to watch the verbal cues. You got to watch what she's saying, and she catches herself in the lies, so she stops talking. I'll play it again in a second, but she's she's like, but you weren't drunk. Now, if you remember in the previous episode, I said that's the importance of locking her into a story. Yeah, she locked herself into the story of saying. Uh, uh, compass mentis i was in the right frame of mind i wasn't drinking i had a few glasses of wine and that's it yep and they they offer her well what what in god's name would possess you to do that if you didn't do it on purpose she's like well i was hammered i mean what the what, what do you expect and then she calls her on it which is perfect she's like a minute ago you said you weren't hammered yeah now she has to come up with a new excuse and it's it's just typical stuff that you, times that you were not drunk. You said that you had a watch because you probably don't want to know the outcome of how and what you said. Well, I know what you know. You know what's on that video now? No. You remember making that video? No. Oh. Why don't you remember making the video? That's truthful. I, I, I believe so, that. Just because I went upstairs and just you because you're that, drunk doesn't you mean that, that you times that you were not drunk. You said that you had your way about you. <laughs> You said he had his wits about you. Mm -hmm. You said that you don't like not having your wits. In my experience, if somebody cannot remember doing something to the extent of making two videos and a video and taking a photo, they are intoxicated. Okay, I understand where you all are coming from. Well, I get you it. To right, you you got her. Like I understand where you're all coming from, so capitalize on that. Like let's not let's not play the, let's not do the dance anymore. Let's we don't need to get rude with her anymore, and we don't need to yell and scream or whatever. And, and I'm not criticizing these detectives; they you know they're doing their job. But you got her, and she knows it. So capitalize on that. Build her back up. Build her to the smart person that she is. Look, if you give her the out of of being so intoxicated that she forgot that she took the video and she went upstairs and she passed out. You think that that might be a, even if you think that that might be an issue at trial, what about any DUI manslaughter trial? You know, don't you think that that's the first thing that they say? Like you're proving that I was inebriated out of my mind when I killed these people. So I wasn't in my right mind. Like usually people argue the opposite. She has been, she contradicted herself several times, but she's trying to argue, no, 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 I was in my right mind. Like, I think if you called her on that, I think she might take a different tone. That's just my opinion. I What's that? I just think it's, uh, it's so irritating when you talk to people who constantly contradict themselves and they're defensive like that. It can just, I don't know how you can stand being in the room with them, but at the same time as a detective, at what point did the fun begin? Because you know you've you've absolutely got her got her dead here. She's made several statements that uh, are not going to work out for either way. I said this on True Crime Tuesday, where we had a guy, uh, Ron DeFeo, who killed his family, constantly changed his story about what happened, but he couldn't change his story without without incriminating himself in a different way. So the way that I put it, and I am a man of such you know singular words is that you can't have your cake and eat it too but even if you do you're fat either way because the guy was going to prison for the rest of his life she seems like no matter what route she chooses she's in trouble right. here right and this is this is why any attorney with their, worth their weight and salt is going to tell you this is why casey anthony didn't talk 
she, she consulted with Jose Baez or whoever she consulted with. And they're like, yeah, go back in there and tell them you'll sign whatever, but uh, you're not saying a word to them <laughs> because they're going to catch you in the lie. You already know. So this is, uh, this is what we're dealing with. Uh, Tanner, your, um, your uh, assignment right now is to find out the score of the, the Tampa Bay Lightning game. Thank you. Thank you. You don't know us is what she claims. He's you, sir. I can't breathe. He's saying your name, and you're like, that's my name. Don't wear it out. Guys, that's how we are with each other. Like, he has – nobody understands our relationship. This – the whole suitcase thing – It's cruel and homicidal. Never happened before. Would you leave someone else in a suitcase? Would you leave Lucas in a suitcase jokingly? Because it was a no. joking matter. You put him in there jokingly. Would you leave Lucas jokingly no. in there? And you love Lucas, right? And you. I wouldn't George. do that to him either. I wouldn't do that to him. So. <laughs> She's literally saying, "I wouldn't do that to the guy I did that to." That's literally what she's saying right there. Oh, I, I just. Uh, this well, might be a slip. Let's say if somebody told you that they had done this. Done what? somebody in a suitcase and went up and went to bed. Do you all not think, so you all think that it's like, oh good, I got him in there, now I'm going to go to sleep? Is that what you guys are trying to assume? <laughs> like, first of all, her response of done what? The shit we're talking about, the shit that we've been talking about for the last two hours, your dead boyfriend, that's, that's what? Or trying to, like, or just the video... And the I don't injury, remember doing those. The injuries are not consistent with what you've told us. So we have a lot of inconsistencies, and this video explains itself. It really, truly does. Do you don't think that I have thought about that? <coughs> thought about the video or thought about... But no, again, if you don't mind, please. She caught herself again. She was like, you, you don't think I thought about that? <laughs> in, which is a, a, a tacit this is an admission she's saying you don't think I've tried to work my way out of that already with you guys that's exactly what she's saying so call her on it but um, she has a chance she has a moment to recover and and she stops talking and then regains her composure and, and the detective rightfully says yeah you what thought about the video yeah I hope you have so you all are assuming that it's like, oh, good, I got him in there, now I'm going to go to sleep? Is that what you all are assuming? Well, it's not an assumption when that's what you told us that happened. That's what mm -hmm. happened. And the video. But when I unzipped it, I unzipped it with one finger. From the outside. But it had the hole in it. <laughs> Watch her posture But here. you could on the inside, too. I don't know how. Well, why wouldn't he have gotten himself out if he could? He was I don't know. Like, I don't know if he saw, like, where the hole was. I don't know. I didn't see a hole. No, I didn't see no hole. fingers You're sticking the only out. One that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's in one position, yeah. and where his head would be, we should be able to see fingers. Yeah. And then when it's flipped over onto this right side, again, his head is closer to us facing the video, so we should be able to see fingers, and we don't see anything. Let me just tell you my take on this or, or, or where we would be like you can watch any of these interview shows yourself like you can watch any of these, uh, you know, like 48 hours or whatever, you know, police shows 
And you'll see in the interrogation, just like this, you'll see them slumped over with their shoulders, um, you know, just everything forward. And she's got her arms crossed. And again, we, we talked about that protective posture. And she's got her ankles crossed, which is another protective posture. Um, you will also see when when they finally bargain with themselves to start telling the truth, that they literally open up like a flower. They, they open up. They start, you know, like they're, they're they, coming clean. They peacock in front of you. They peacock in front of you. So the, the, the thing to look out for, though, um, and this is where, you know, the point in my class, I would always talk about how silence is golden. When you see her shoulders slumped and she takes that deep kind of cleansing breath and she's got her head down, that's a sign of defeat. So if you just sit there and let her think, she might be trying to gather up the nerve to, um, to talk to you. She might be gathering up the nerve. Uh, as my friend Jim just said, these are guilt indicators. She, uh, she's just gathering, gathering the stones to say, okay, let's try this again. And, and she's going to give you a little bit more of an admission or maybe a little bit, maybe the first confession, which, by the way, don't ever take the first confession. The first confession is, okay, now that we got that out of the way, tell me what really happened. It's a modified right? truth. Yeah. It, do we have a phone call from Will? I just wanted to not ignore him if he is calling in. I mean, I do kind of want to ignore him, but, you know, for, for integrity's sake, I don't think we should ignore him if he's on the phone. He I did not realize it was Will. R Will Cray? Yeah, Will Cray. Yeah. Regular guy. He's a, he's a long-time caller. Hi, Will. Will? <laughs> hey, uh, hey uh, I'm kind of stuck in a suitcase. Uh, can you help me get out? <laughs> uh, can you reach with one finger, sir, and unzip your... Uh, my hands are kind of on the opposite side. It's kind of hard. I need some help. Uh, were you born that way, sir, with your hands on the opposite side? Is that what you're saying? Whoa, 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 no, the zipper's on the other side. It's it's by my back. I can't reach over there. Are you talking about the zipper on the suitcase or the zipper on your jorts? Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's what we <laughs> – hold on. Let me get John. He's a 911 guy. Let me get John to walk you through this. I'm going to I'm gonna transfer you through to Minneapolis, uh, the Loro Fire Department, <laughs> and they are going to walk you through this. Do you happen to have an everyday, if you had everyday carry, like, do you happen to have some type of, like, box cutter and or switchblade with you? It's on the exterior pocket of the suitcase. Oh, no. Uh, well, I think you screwed yourself because even if you try to get through TSA, they're not going to, you know what I mean? That, that was a bad move on your part, sir. Uh, I don't want to say oh, you deserve it. to die. I, I hope we can save you. If we don't, just refer back to this part of the conversation. John, help him out. Hey, uh, Will is actually one of our few listeners who actually would fit in a suitcase, but honestly, he's built so... He is absolutely stacked like a fire hydrant. This guy is... He would just, like, explode out of it. Hi! You can't marry... You can't murder like me, genie. Sarah. And then, and then yeah. <laughs> right. and then oh, wait, wait. Let me, let me flex real quick. Oh! Oh, wait. I'm out. Oh, okay. We're not we're not going to use that sound bite for evil at any point. Will, don't worry about no, that. Not at all. <laughs> all right. Um, it turns out. Uh, thank you, Will, for calling. I'm glad that you can breathe once again. I'm going to drop you out here. It Bye, turns Will. out he was actually trapped in a uh, in a, a toilet in an RV. <laughs> okay, let's get back to 
um, this because it's probably painful we at this point. We see no point. movement of him trying to unzip it or physically unzipping it. All we see is pushing up, trying to push out of it. Please do not assume. I'm not assuming. I haven't assumed anything. I follow evidence. What do you think? All right, here's the deal. There comes a point where you have to take control back of the interview. She's obviously not listening to you. She's talking to you. And you're giving her every out. You're giving her every indicator that you know what happened. And you're telling her, look, he was pushing up on the suitcase. I'm not stupid. I watched the video that you refused to watch that you claim you don't know about. There is going to come a point where you do this ending in my opinion, you do this ending like soliloquy where you you take everything that you've gathered to include your rapport building at the beginning, all of the facts that you've assembled, your investigative kind of theory, you know, and, and mix it with the theme that you've built. And you're just going to tell her, look, this is probably what happened. And I just want you to hear me out for a minute. And the minute she opens her mouth, you tell her, Sarah, stop. You're going to listen to me for a minute. And if she opens her mouth again when you're talking, stop, Sarah. I'm talking. And you can go on a two to four minute, maybe even eight minute kind of diatribe of what you think happened. And then say, okay, tell me where I've got that wrong. And she won't be able to poke holes in, in stuff like that. She if won't even have a two-finger width hole to be able to poke through. <laughs> she is trapped in a suitcase of lies. <laughs> and if she if she tries, um, th- there are tactics that you're gonna recognize. You're gonna be able to recognize her body language. You're gonna be rec- you're gonna recognize her defeat. Uh, and by the way, I skipped over this in the beginning. She gives an account of something. When somebody gives you an account of something, if it's if it's short and to the point, it's generally truthful. If it's flowered, you know, if there's peppered, uh, if it's peppery, if there's a lot of extra words or a lot of extra, like, you know, uh, John, um, uh, what did you have for lunch today? Well, you know, I had a big, a big extra burrito with a whole grain uh, tortilla and uh, creme fraiche because they were out of sour cream and I asked for cilantro to go on the burrito and there were four kinds of beans, uh, frijoles, as they say in burrito red. <laughs> yes. So, so like there's a whole lot of information there and that's meant to just kind of, you know, distract me. Mm-hmm. If, if, if he were being like completely truthful and honest and he had a burrito for lunch, he would say, I had a burrito for lunch. Yeah. Right. Generally, people just tell a very succinct story. People that are being truthful to you just tell a succinct story. They, they don't talk about, look, I mean, you know, there are two different kinds of beans and I, you know, I get agita when I have the, the black beans. So I, I chose not to have the back, but that's all meant to confuse you. So there's one way of averting that, the, you know, like you call them on that too, like stick to the topic. Uh, another way is when somebody gives you a story. So, uh, John, um, uh, what's a good question to ask you? What route did you take from your kitchen to your uh, studio? The direct route. <laughs> okay, that's a truthful answer. If if he gave any other answer other than, well, I had to stop 
by the car to get my keys out. Yeah. Then I had to open the studio, but yep. I had to turn on the computer. You don't understand about the laptop. Yeah. It's this whole thing and internet and all this other stuff. Okay, great. Again, we're covering the peppered and flowered and all of this other stuff. Yeah. If you say, John, I'm a little confused by your story. Let's start from where you are now and work back. So I was in my office and I had to go past the couch and I saw both my animals sitting on the couch and I was like, you guys are lazy. Neither one of you has a job. And wouldn't you believe it? Like, I love my dog and of course, you know, she's sick. So I turned out to give her a hard time, but she's not very smart. She's not very smart. And I'm worried she's never going to go to dog college. I'm worried she's going to go to dog Vietnam. And it's just the um, the state of plus the cat was smoking a cigarette. But but here's here's my point. When people lie to you they rehearse their story from front to front to back in other words from left to right so sarah's rehearsed story is we had a couple drinks we he wanted to play hide and seek i went upstairs he never came up i never in a million years thought that he was still in the suitcase because i left him enough room to breathe if you ask her to to say she's memorized that a hundred times in that order if you ask her in reverse what happened her brain does not work that way so she's going to be like well i I, uh, okay i woke up this afternoon um you know i felt pretty bad because i passed out i mean uh in other words it's tough to recall things backwards yeah so it's just another tactic. Her, anyway. her, her whole thing is that she knows that it's never been believable. This this is I mean, let's back up and hundred foot. She view. no it's it's she never has been the narcissist she has the narcissistic view that this is all believable and that she has she has them fooled. Like she's not living in a reality that the rest of us are living in. She's still not living in that reality, by the way. She's a pain in the ass to all of her attorneys. She's being a pain in the ass to the judge. She she just she wants something for free out of this, and it's this, it, like I said before, it's the same thing as a as a DUI manslaughter case. Nobody necessarily goes out and says, "I think I'm going to get shit hammered tonight and run somebody over and kill them." Nobody intends to do that. That's not your intention, but that's what happened, and you have to own that. You have to pay the piper uh, because the drunk driving part is illegal, and there's an enhancement when you kill somebody this is the same thing there's some kind of negligence involved she sprinkled in some malice by by saying fuck you and then he died so there is something to this right she's got to pay the piper someone that knows nothing about this or hears just a little bit like oh they were playing around in a suitcase and then and then that's what happened but you let him out before i mean you put him in so why didn't you take him out because i was upstairs and i fell asleep my intention is not for this to happen. I am sick about it. I've That's never done anything like this before in the past. I am sick, especially with that. I thought I couldn't sleep last night. I don't well, know. Here's the thing, that, that hole. That he eventually would have been able to get out. Huh. Alcohol. Based off what you're telling us, he should have yeah. been able to get out. Okay. But the video shows him attempting to get out, begging to get out, and he can't. So that's that's just what we're trying to figure out. I don't know if maybe you had too much to drink, you zipped it up all the way. Question, John? 
Yeah, the detectives, uh, they were kind of tripping over each other a little bit. Do they have different strategies here at this point? Uh, I do think that they are subtly trying to get her admit little pieces okay. uh, here and there that they probably missed at some point. So, uh, you know, getting her to admit that she she zipped it up all the way, you know, you know what I mean? Like asking sure. these little questions that they're just kind of reviewing in their minds of she doesn't she hasn't built it out you know uh we, we've sealed you know that my friend jim who was in the chat at one point was a homicide detective at one point he had a very big impact on my career and his saying uh you know when he was a homicide detective the homicide unit he worked in was we leave no stone unturned i mean that's that's uh it's like a, a visual and it's impactful like leave no <laughs> leave no stone unturned so uh, get every detail about her motive, get every detail about her alibi, get it all out because you're going to have to answer to it somewhere, somehow in court or, you know, somebody's going to ask you questions about it. Okay. And then, you know, I did not zip it up all the way. Okay. Well, I did not zip it up all the way. It's another indicator of untruthfulness, by the way. I did not zip it up all the way this is horrific okay <laughs> horrific it is terrible yeah, so horrific i don't think i'll ever be right because of this ever be right dealing with everything else that i have in my life personally and then this okay whom i loved what it was not intentional i will put my hand on the bible it was not oh. intentional yeah, invoking God is is a big. I don't know why. Yeah, you're telling us, hey, I wasn't intoxicated. I wasn't this. I wasn't that. Being drunk and intoxicated, which yes, okay. you can tell that I had been drinking, but okay. So if you weren't, that's an admission, and this is this is where I employ the charm. Like Sarah, that was a big step you just took. We're getting there. You're 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 at a two. We need you at a ten. And, and, you know, you're at a two on the truth, the truth meter. I guarantee by the time we leave here, you're going to be at a 10, but that was a big step that you just took. And I appreciate you doing that. And it, like, cause she's now she's like, fuck, like I just admitted, she just literally just admitted that she was drunk and then tried to erase what she said. Intoxicated. Then why would you ever leave somebody in a suitcase I, that's begging to get out? That's telling you they can't if breathe. I weren't. If I hadn't been drinking, you you still think it would be the same thing? Where it's like, hop in. Uh, I'm going to go to sleep. Is that what you all are trying to do to portray me? trying to do anything. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know what you all want me to tell you because this was not in any way, shape, or form. Hand on the Bible, intentional. Okay. So you just left I him didn't there to kill teach him. him. You left him there to teach That's him a lesson? I didn't mean to leave him there. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You got up and walked away. How is that not intentionally leaving him there? Because I'm looking at the hole knowing that it's, a, it's there. He'll get out no problem. All right. So th this is wh where I'm saying this is something else she sh they should have called her on. Uh, a minute ago, you told me that you don't even remember taking this video that it's too treacherous to watch. How, how is it that you remember the hole and the size of the hole? 
Do you see where I'm coming from, Sarah? Uh, I, I think that you made a huge mistake. People make mistakes, but it's time to own up to the mistake. If you don't remember the video, you don't remember the whole. And you can't even show me the whole on the video that you don't remember. So you don't remember the whole. Let's get past that. It's kind of a negotiation. Like, let's we're, we're past that. We're, we're, Sarah, don't go back to the whole thing. Let's, we've already established you didn't know the size of the hole you left him. You zipped it up all the way. You know, if you're going to play the negotiation dance, just shoot high. And then he doesn't. But, uh, then he don't go check on him. You even move. I mean, off. you move. You admit to moving the suitcase like over. So you roll it. You roll it like it's not like I didn't want it to be like that. To be like what? I didn't want him to be like that. I, to be like what? You didn't want him to be upside down. How do you even get upside down? You guys are killing me right now. <laughs> what a poor choice of words. What a well, poor based on the videos, one video is at 11.12 and the next one's at 11.23. So you actually gave him at least 11 minutes per video recording. So my, my thing is, when it stopped, he asked multiple times, I mean, why? Why did you not let him out? It's just a simple I, question. To be honest with you, I, I mean, I don't Were you punishing him? No. <laughs> just well, that's what you're saying in the video. Um, this is what you get. This is oh. what you make me feel like. See, and then it's all backfired on me. Like, it's all backfired on me. And I understand what the severity of this. You killed him. You did it's awful, I know. Okay. It's awful. And I will tell you both this right now, too. I will never drink alcohol again. <laughs> well, you don't get that in prison, so Thank yeah, you. we believe that. Like, I will never drink alcohol again. I don't care what it is in any way, shape, or form. So I, I ask, is this bargaining or acceptance? Like, is she bargaining, you know, in the stages of grief, is she bargaining with herself that... Look, I'll never drink alcohol again. Like a minute ago, alcohol was not a factor that you were completely fine. Now, all of a sudden, you're building a defense that alcohol was a factor. So which is it? I'm but let's get back to this. What was the reason for leaving him when he's begging to be let out? I don't understand that. What I have a feeling was, and again, it's the whole time. Time frame saying you go. I, I'm not asking a time frame. I don't care about a time frame. He's so, in the bag saying I, I can't. And I, my God. And you say fuck you. When he so like for like the whole few minutes that he was in there, like I minimum eleven. But yes, well, go ahead. It's a few. Okay. This is where they're they're just like they've lost her. They're so frustrated that, that you know they want to. They probably not physically, but mentally want to choke the shit out of her. Yeah. And they've they've lost control of themselves. It takes. It's a very very hard thing to maintain your, you know your your emotional maturity in a case especially like this. But they're like, you know, she's interrupting her, and she's like. Uh, yeah, well, 11 minutes, to be exact. And then he's going to bounce back with some other comment about 11 minutes and then listen to her reaction. Well, in one video. Well, in between the two videos. Between the two videos? Minutes. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, so what was the so, question again? 
Okay, so <laughs> they had this back and forth about 11 minutes and 11 minutes that because she felt the need to to kind of, you know, smudge her get her story or get in her face about it. And what what's the defendant's uh, out in this whole thing? What was the question again? You guys are you guys are kind of <laughs> going back and forth on sometimes here. You don't even know what the question is. I have a question. Go. How long were they in there with her? Because, you know, you talk about uh, how they're losing some kind of control with her. She is irritating. But it, it, you're locked in a room with her. Like, she's locked in there with them, and they're locked in there with her in, in a way. It, because they're doing they're doing psychological battle. It is wearing them down physically. They'll be tired after this. I just wonder, how long did this go on for? Yeah, um, I, I think the video I downloaded was two hours and 35 minutes or something that I reviewed and I chopped it down to 45 minutes. Um, there's a big chunk of when a crime scene technician comes in and, and, and takes the uh, skin from underneath her fingernails, oh. which it's fruitful. I mean, it's not fruitful in my opinion. Like, yeah, go ahead and take that skin from under the nails, but she's, she's already told you that, yeah, we had sex and, you know, I dug yeah. into his back. So, like, the presence of skin under her fingernails is going to be, you know, I, I don't know if they have a way of matching up her nails to the uh, the scratch on the back of his neck or, or what. But So, Christy asks, like, hey, is it common for two detectives to be in there at once? And normally it is. It's, it's, it's normally one detective doing all the talking and the other one's either writing notes or holding up cue cards behind the defendant or every once in a while jumping in to try to clarify things. If, if the one detective is, you know, if, if you need to start tag teaming, um, it's why, it's why Mormons it, come in pairs. It's the same psychology there. It's two on exactly. one. Yeah. That's why they wear the, the, the white shirts and the black ties as well. Yeah. So the road to hell is paved with what? I didn't intentionally mean for this to happen, but you can't tell us why you left him in there and went upstairs. That's my only issue. Like, what am I supposed to write? What do I write? So my thing is, though, it's what I have a feeling is I went upstairs and just hit the bed kind of thing. But, again, I'm thinking he'll be up here any minute. We're getting there, Sarah. Put your hand on her shoulder. Tell her that's another big admission. I think we're at a, a three now. We still need to work towards that ten, though, Sarah. And we're going to get to ten before we leave here. But then I go out here's the motive what was why? the motivation for leaving him in the back why he was left in the back why did i didn't it? have any motivation it was me he and i having a great day fooling around and being stupid and apparently me going upstairs and going to okay. hitting the bed not going to sleep okay. where it's like hmm, i'm tired now i'm gonna go to sleep so Where else did it come if from? If you were, say it's opposite, you were in the suitcase and you're asking to be let out, would you hope that that person would let you out? Like, you're asking to be let out of a suitcase, should they not let you out? It, eventually. I'm guessing. I mean, I don't... I'm blaming it on the wine. <laughs> blaming it on the wine? That's, that's perfect. I mean, she's she's now... At that stage, she's back to blaming it on the wine. That's a lot better than not blaming it on the wine. Uh, that's why I say blame it on the screw top, blame it on the henny. Got you feeling dizzy, doesn't it? 
you were very adamant about the fact that both of you had your WhatsApp. <coughs> What's your favorite word to use? Compassmentus. You've used it today too, that, to say that you guys are within your within your wits. <coughs> There's two two empty bottles of wine. No, but we didn't drink both of them. I think you did. Mm, we didn't. There's receipts for the. They were both purchased there. yesterday, so I don't. This is the this is this is why you should never talk because she's saying, "Oh no, we only had one bottle of wine," and they're saying, "Yeah." This is why you think we're dumb, but we pulled receipts out of your trash and we pulled two empty wine bottles. And uh, more than likely, they have the video from Publix. I don't know how you didn't, because they weren't there the day before. The one was. Publix receipts from yesterday. Mm -hmm. Only thing purchased on either one was a single bottle of wine, two of them. So we have each bottle of wine that was empty in your garbage can that you purchased yesterday, or he purchased, but you two would have consumed together. Okay, well, I, I mean, there's receipts, so it's not even worth the going back. So this is, <coughs> so I don't know what you guys are. Uh, my friends and I in the military have you this thing. You told us that. You didn't go upstairs? <coughs> Again, there was a hole in a suitcase. I unzipped it from the hole with one finger. Well, the damn hole didn't do him no good, did it? But he could push it open. <coughs> no, he couldn't. Blaming him. I, the video no. shows him pushing up. And if he could push it open, why wouldn't he have gotten out himself? Why would he beg you to open it? Okay. And tell you he can't breathe. Okay. If I, someone I, can I, do something for themselves, they're going to do it. They don't need assistance unless they need assistance. So, but why would he and start doing it? Because he couldn't, because it was all the way zipped. Okay. Didn't see it. It wasn't. That's quite the picture. I intentionally didn't do it. That I intentionally did not. <laughs> all right. Uh, watch, watch her head uh, when she says, when she makes that admission. Watch her head. Because it was all the way zipped. Okay. Didn't see it. It wasn't. I intentionally didn't okay. do it. Uh, and I'll, I'll try to speed through the rest of this, but I she intentionally said, didn't do it. I love that. I intentionally one. didn't do it because she said, it. she said it was already zipped, which is what? It, it, I, I realize that people are listening to this. They don't know what I'm doing, but she's bobbing her head up and down indicating yes, but it was already zipped. People don't realize that your, your body is, is freaking out right now. There's adrenaline fire. There's synapses firing everywhere. And you're in divided attention. You're in a fight or flight stage uh, as it is. It just It's not that you're going to physically fight, but your body is in fight or flight. And you can't control your physiological um, things. So sometimes you can't control your emotions. Sometimes you can't control your breathing because your, uh, ox your uh, muscles start to flex. So your oxygen is depleted because you're so that makes your heart beat faster, which means you'll see a, a, a you, you know the neck vein popping out a little bit more. But it also means that when you say something like a, giving a yes or no answer, but shaking your head in the opposite, you know that's you're giving it away. You're giving away your body is it's either going to come out through your mouth, it's going to come out through your body language, or it's going to come out on paper. One of the three ways. And she just said it was already zipped. Yeah. She's so she's saying yes, affirmative. It was already zipped, which is contradictory. 
she should have been saying it was already zipped. It I wasn't zipped all the way. You know, I whatever intentionally she didn't do it is also a contradiction as well. <laughs> that I intentionally did not do. I intentionally did not do. But, but when she says, by the way, when she says that I intentionally did not do, that is something for the vultures to to swoop down on and say, then what did you intentionally do? Because if there is a that, it implies that there's something that she intentionally did. This is not it. And and I'll get okay, I'll give you that, Sarah. This is not what it was that was intentional. Let's start with what was intentional. Putting it in the suitcase zipping up the suitcase tell me what was intentional zip it all the way so here's the true motive for today so i'm being portrayed as like this abuser we're not saying that he doesn't abuse you absolutely we're not saying so i'm the one that's being portrayed as the I have never dealt with anything like this before. I don't know what to do, how to do it, and I always know what to do and how to do it. That's that's your soliloquy. That's your theme. That's that's the. This is the time to strike with this whole thing where you say, "Look, you've never been in this situation before. You were probably the high school valedictorian. You read books. You go upstairs and you read books as you try to get away from him. Every other, you know, you've got your baby boy." Every aspect of your life, you're in complete control, but you can't control this one. This is something you can't control, and it's driving you crazy probably right now, but it's okay. People make mistakes. So what we need to do is, you know what I mean? Like you can just develop that theme. This, I don't know. So I don't know like what's going on or like... (laughs) We are simply trying to find out as well. Again... We got one side of the story. You're telling us we're going with what you're saying, but then we find stuff that negates what you're telling us. And I don't even remember doing that. Okay. Watch the detective here. You're telling us that we're assuming stuff, but what we're simply doing is telling you what we saw in the video and repeating what you told us. I understand, because I don't remember that. Okay. Doesn't mean it didn't happen just because you don't remember it. Goes for his phone. So is the it's texting again something about me? Like what's is the what? Texting? Oh no, I'm texting. No, I. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are scaring me. Even that answer didn't make sense. So so she goes. So is this texting about me? I mean, if you're going to say anything, I would say, don't worry about the texting. Worry about what you're in here for. Like, she, again, she has established control over that room, but the one detective is like, oh, no, I'm texting. Like, what? You're sitting there drinking water. You're not even texting. And then, you know, he's got his face buried in his phone for that, whatever that text message is. I think all they're trying to do is get the, they, they've got all they need. They're just trying to get the crime scene technicians there and get, get all that set up. But go ahead, John. No, no. That one question I had just threw out. Uh, suppose she had lawyered up from the very beginning. I mean, uh, she, she doesn't even have a chance then. I mean, it's amazing that she's no. spilling all this stuff. But I mean, I don't think she ever had a chance. No, no, she didn't. I mean, she she could. Uh, again, you know, a good attorney probably could get get a plea deal put in place for probably not even manslaughter. I mean, they, they, they probably could have gone with a, a, a culpable negligence or something to that effect. Yeah. They plea down DUI manslaughters all the time. 
um, you know, and this is probably a first offense for her. Maybe it's not. It's, I, I think she was arrested for I, domestic I, violence. I don't know. The, the taunting him and saying, fuck you, like you said, and adding the element yeah, of malice, to me, that's, 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 why they that's stuck an with it. aggravating factor it, rather than it something that's mitigating. That's why they stuck with it. So, like, I don't know, like, what to expect. I mean, I had questions of things that need to be taken care of. Like, I don't. What are I your mean, questions? I, I have one last question. I just, I mean, you, you realize you're the person that killed him, right? I thought about that. Okay, you left him in a bag when he's begging you, saying, that's, that's right. I can't breathe, let me out, and you said, fuck you. And you got up off the couch and went upstairs and left him in that bag. Not intentionally. Slapping the knees does not match the beat of the of the uh, of the words. One, but two. Um, why not call her on the yes or no factor of this? Yeah, just yes this or is, no, intentionally or this unintentionally. This is a yes or no question. Did you kill him? Right, and you, and you can play three strikes and you're out. Like I'm going to give you, I'll give you another chance here. I might even give you two, but this is a yes or no question, Sarah. Do you know that you killed him? And she goes, not intentionally. Okay, strike two. Do you know that you killed him? Strike three. I'm done. You, you that that's that's your final word. You know that's how we're going to leave this now. Just so you'll know. Again, I would never do that to George. You did. Not intentionally. Know that. I don't. Know that. You got up and you went up to bed. Alcohol is a shitty thing. It's alcohol. <laughs> Not I, I, again. I, the reason that you killed him? You all. Please sit down. Listen to me. Please sit down. You all listen. <laughs> Was that the flight kicking? I swear I did not lay a hand on him. Okay. You just zipped him in the bag. Nor he. You just zipped him in the bag. That means she laid a hand on him. And you flipped the bag around several times. I didn't do that intentionally. You didn't intentionally flip the bag around? No. Why would I do that? Well, you Good told us you did. You told us. When he was upside down. That's a minute right. ago. Well, you had to put him upside get, down. You can't get in a suitcase upside down yeah. because the... Oh, my God. Well, you put the See, stuff in that's where his body was? Unfortunately, well, well, like, nobody else was there. <laughs> that's well, we have a video thing. showing the, the suitcase in several different positions. She just fights about every single part of it. Parts that don't even so it doesn't matter anything what it is I say. So it, it makes no difference whatsoever. It's just you keep you're lying and like you're not you're now changing Who's your story. Who's lying about what? You're now 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 you're drunk. Okay. Oh, I never said that I was drunk. <laughs> exactly what you did here today. That's I okay. just said alcohol is a shitty everything, thing. Everything alcohol. You blamed, it on, you blamed it on the alcohol. You blamed it on the alcohol. Alcohol does a lot to people. Yes, but I never said I was drunk. Okay. <laughs> you did. That's why I say uh, the irony in this whole thing is that would be her only out. Like you would want to say, dude, I was shit hammered. I don't know what I did. Like, but she's, she's so, she's like so badly needs to be in control of this that she's like, no, don't put words in my mouth. Does she not want to admit to being drunk because that, that almost impugns her character. And so she's like, I have to defend my character at all costs that she doesn't realize that it'd be easier to take a ding into her character. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, he, he tried at the beginning to, to give her the domestic violence victim out. Like, look, everybody has their breaking point. And, and, you know, he pushed you and, you know, like, he tried that. 
and then all of a sudden it turned into the drinking thing. But that's you're exactly right, John. That's <laughs> she. It, this is the only thing that she could have said. If you keep going away from I don't know. That's exactly what happened. You I, I, the bed, so I, are bed. you all trying to have me admit that? Like, are you trying to have me admit that? Because I will never admit it because it's not true. It's not true. Watch, watch his reaction horrific. here. Because I don't remember taking those videos. Okay. How horrific. Yeah. I'm thinking he's in the bathroom. I'm thinking he's downstairs in the laptop. I can't find him. Okay. So, what, so what's going <laughs> to happen? Like, Here's what gets me, though. Is I, this is where I'm going to call him. Like, <laughs> do, Does that give you an indication that... He remembers what she just said to him. And this is why he keeps saying, like, this is a homicide interview. This is a death investigation. This is somebody's death. This is, you know, potentially a lot of years in prison for her. Put the freaking phone away and listen to what she's saying. Because he's just like, she's talking. He's reading a text. He is not paying attention to what she's saying. She's, she's actually asking some pretty, you know, damning questions if you listen. And he's like, you know, what gets me about this whole thing, because he has to recover. He doesn't know what she just said, and he can't react to it. He has to come up with his own. You can clearly tell that I had been drinking some. You can clearly tell. I had several people that came up to me in that apartment complex said that you were drunk on a daily basis. Oh, you my gosh. Right. Regularly. Right. Um, really? Right. Talk to the property manager. Really? Talk to the property manager. Okay. Because it's not... These are your neighbors, the one that live next to you. Your property manager does not live next to you. They see you every day. How many... Oh you had gosh. two neighbors you went to and asked to go... See, that is just not fair. Isn't all that kind of pointless, whether or not she's a drunk? Um, um, well, she's trying to paint this rosy picture that they don't argue and that they're they're trying to get um, their lives back together and that she doesn't drink and... And their neighborhood survey told them something completely different, obviously. And and that's why she dropped, if you remember, it was the last episode, I think. She dropped the the neighbor in the grease. She's like, oh, by the way, he's here illegally. I don't know if I'm supposed to report that to you or not. Yeah. How do I go about getting his um, wedding ring, engagement ring? Doesn't matter. Guilty, Your Honor. Medical examiner's office. It'll come to us eventually. and no, then It'll be released. To the, oh, to to the, the next with Kim. Yeah, okay. Which is not I bought it for him. That is a civil issue. Oh, I love it. That's a civil it. issue. Did not even dispatchers around the world unite on that one? <laughs> All right. This is probably the grand finale here. This is where, I, you know, John stole the line last week. Eric says it all the time. Tell me your answer. Don't sell me your answer. And when somebody is looking at you, and not breaking eye contact and not blinking that that is not necessarily a sign of being truthful as much as you may think watch what she does here she is trying to sell this detective on her wholesomeness but watch what she does look i get it that looks really bad mm-hmm. so that's what scares me like, what do I need to plan on? Like, what do I need to plan on? I promise you, on my son's life, it was not intentional. 
I promise you, on Lucas's life, it was not intentional. <clears throat> I don't know you. I can't say I know anything about you. I don't know what is what would be a true statement or what not. I mean, you're promising on your son's life. That's fine. That's how much it means. That's how much it means. You see what I'm saying, John? You know, he came in with a he came in with a glass of water for her. He sets it down in front of her, and and she moved her head like a uh, like a parakeet to make sure that she was not breaking eye contact with well, the female. Yeah, detective. she was, she was in a moment where it was she she was staring staring down the female detective because she's trying to say, "I promise yes. you." So it was a confrontational moment, and if the detective walks in front of her, it's it's like stealing her thunder of that of that moment where she worked up the nerve to stare down the detective. By the way, uh, if you're a, a budding detective out there listening or whatever, uh, and somebody tells you that, like this is why I'm I'm in fear, and um, you know, she, she's giving you all the clues of what's important to her. She's telling you that she's scared. She's telling you that she's in fear. She's telling you about Lucas, her nine-year-old boy. So capitalize on that. You tell her, I understand you're afraid. You should be afraid. You yeah. should be very afraid right now mm -hmm. because your future with Lucas as a mom is at stake here. What you're telling us doesn't match this video. It doesn't match anything else. And W w nothing is adding up. So if you want to get back to being Lucas's mom, it starts with the truth. It's it's it, it, we got to go, we got to get past number three on the scale of truth and get to ten. And you haven't, in fact, you've probably slipped back into two point five because it's it's bringing that in her mind. Yeah. Like plus, it's reminding her about her son. It's validating her fear that I'm really scared here. Well, fuck yeah, you're scared. You better be scared. I hope you take that to heart. Please. Last thing. Do you promise and swear that everything we talked about today has been true and accurate to the best of your knowledge? For which? True and accurate to the best of your knowledge. What, that it wasn't intentional? Everything you've said today, everything that's come out of your mouth has been true and accurate to the best of your knowledge. To the best of my knowledge. Correct. She can't even answer that. Yes. <laughs> Why? Simple yes or no. Why? To assure that everything that we've talked about is true and accurate to, to the, best the best of that of person's knowledge. knowledge. It's not a trick question. To the best of my knowledge. To the best of your knowledge. Everything that you've told us today is true and accurate to the best of your knowledge. Yes, but it was not intentional. She still has to put that in there. She can't still, just say yes. Still got the last word. Okay, well, explain that to your cellmate. Uh, so that's that, John. Finally, we have uh, some closure. But if you'll remember, um, the the uh, the uh, case is not over. Like she's she's still playing games with the attorneys, and uh, she thinks she's going to beat this rap somehow. This is she is kind of reminiscent of Casey Anthony, except Casey had some truthful moments. Um, and you can pick up on them, but she, you know, Casey was completely delusional. Like she just, she lied probably her entire childhood and probably, you know, that was her, uh, Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, th those moments were her Super Bowl. So, 
Well, that that was amazing, detective. It was uh, thrilling. I wish I wasn't on the show so I could just watch. I feel very jealous of everyone that's in our audience. Uh, just a couple details. I don't know what you know about the state of the case. You told me, or someone did, that she has had something like six lawyers. She keeps arguing ineffective counsel. Yes. She wrote a letter yeah. to the judge, which is totally out of order. So the judge had to read it in court so that it would go on the record saying that, hey, the the, the defendant had this communication with me by sending me this letter. And it isn't an utter shit show, I'm sure. I can't imagine being her lawyer and her lawyer trying to get her to uh, figure out one thing to do as she keeps, you know, trying to have it have it both ways. Uh, you know, her 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 character as a person who doesn't drink is unassailable, and she for sure didn't intentionally do this, and uh, because of because alcohol fucks you up. But she'll never drink again, and all this and. Man, she she is just, a jail Karen now though. She, she, she so this is the problem with her, her her attorneys. She's a jail Karen, so she's like, he's not returning my calls. I'm going to tell the judge on you. I want to oh. speak to your supervisor. Yep. You know, your supervisor at the law firm. I want to speak to the the Supreme Court. But she she also uh, th these are all court appointed, so it might be a private counsel that's doing it pro bono. Like oh. you know, they have to rotate. Um, or it could be I feel some, bad for them. Yeah, Man, it could awful. be somebody from the public defender's office, but this is the sixth attorney. And he's like, look, the sixth attorney is like, look, I, I can't, I can't represent her. She doesn't, it, it, she's not living in rela reality and she's competent enough to stand trial, but she's not, it's not reality based. So I, I recuse myself. And he wrote something pretty scathing in his uh, request to be recused. It was funny. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting case, but and I love watching you break it down, and I, I guess I would have loved to see you interrogate her, confront her with all that stuff, because it's just, as you watch her, she's so irritating, and you just want to at attack and destroy those lies, but yeah. I won't say she's a good liar or good at deflecting them, but she just... She's horrible. She, she won't take that responsibility, or she won't do the, the smart thing, which is just ask for a lawyer and shut up i mean she's just constantly feeding rope that hangs herself either way it's and, and going on for two hours like that it's just terrible. yeah all, all things said um just just understand as cops this is a negotiation one two information is the currency you're trying to get the currency out of their pocket so you have to be kind of the used car salesman in a sense you got to be able to talk shit and you got to be able to listen better than you talk. And uh, because they drop little hints all over the place that's, that we overlook because sometimes we get so wrapped up in the anger that we miss what's being said. So if you're the type of person that uh, speaks more than they listen, there's a good chance you're going to miss, uh, miss out on some good interview stuff. If you just shut your mouth and let them talk, they're going to talk their way right into your web. Well, Drew, I've got to I've got to find more cases, uh, more interrogation stuff to break down because I, I know it's not dispatch related, but uh, it's just fascinating to see. And uh, this was a really, really unique one, and um, I don't think it was oversaturated in the news, so it was kind of a good one to break down here. Uh, yeah, Halloween's coming up. Did you have kind of a a spooky spooky case? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to scare you too bad, John. Uh, but this is a case out of Pueblo, Colorado, Colorado, not Colorado. Uh, this uh, came to me from a family member, and it had nine one one in the title. 
This takes us to our segment. It had 911 in it. August 11, 2018. Here's the call. Hello? Nothing but static. It's a 911 call. Very frequently done. Hang up calls. This one's a little different, though. This is uh, the Pueblo Police Department, so obviously what they're going to do when something like this happens... Like, the voices you hear are dispatchers, but naturally, we're going to try to call back. We're going to send a car to check the address. John, they checked the address, and what was it? Oh, oh man, does this get spooky, because it was the Imperial Memorial Gardens Funeral, Cremation, and Cemetery. It had 911 in the title. That's spooky. Uh the, the officers that responded out there said that the place was sealed up tighter than a drum. There were no lights on in there. Uh, there were, was more than likely a cadaver party going on. They just couldn't see it. I don't know if they were playing like go fish or whatever. Uh, but John, I didn't mean to scare you. Hopefully I haven't jilted you too bad, but that is uh, something that came from my brother who, by the way, uh, just retired. He, he was the general manager or, uh, I can't remember his title, but he ran a cemetery. Very scary. Are you on mute? I am. I think cemetery men is their title. Um, do you mind if I just tell a, a quick anecdote? <laughs> yes, please do. All right. So everyone, uh, Mike is leaving, which I have a huge problem with. Like, you are honor bound to stay here, sir. I don't care if the bills are playing. Yeah. Um, so one time, taking 911 call. And it's coming from a landline, which means, uh, first of all, it's just scary for that because it's very uh, unusual. <laughs> yeah, right. And, uh, but uh, the cool thing is, is I know exactly where it's coming from. I don't have an area of uncertainty or I don't have to check prior records. I know it's going to this house. Well, this house just is like right outside of city limits. Like the line is like between his house and the next one. So technically is a call for a county deputy, but I don't have one close. The city cops close by doesn't seem like a big deal. 911 open line, 911 calls, and I hear static, that ASMR sound that some people love so much. And I can kind of hear something. So I I could tell the phone's off the hook. I talk for a little bit, 911, where's your emergency? Can you hear me? I even do the whole, like, if you... If you can hear me and you can't respond, you know, mash the keypad or something. I'm thinking maybe they have a dial tone or, or do something so that, you know, so that I know you're in danger. Like we actually have communication established here. Well, uh, I don't get anything. And uh, so uh, I hang up and I, I call back because I'm like, well, maybe, you know, the phone got knocked over or something or, you know, this is just what you normally do is you return the call anyway. And maybe the bell on the phone will alert them that there's a problem and they'll just say, oh, no, it was a misdial. This is how it's resolved almost 100% of the time. So I call back. It rings twice and then it picks up. And I hear just more of this kind of staticky sounds, and I can tell that, like, you can hear the sound of, like, an empty room. You know when you walk into a room and it doesn't have furniture in it? It has this open yeah, space. Actually. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I could tell I could tell that I'm someone's there and they've they've answered the phone, but they're not saying anything. I'm like, all right, I got to def- for sure I got to send the cop. So I get on the radio, and at this time, I think this was a few years ago. So our police band was actually on uh, UHF; it wasn't a, a, a crypt, encrypted or anything. I send the the police officer out in this little town. I say, hey, this is just outside your jurisdiction, but do you mind just swinging by just to see if there's a problem there? 
ten four. I can do that. My phone rings. It's this guy uh, who runs the tow truck in this little town. He listens to the radio because if there's an accident, he wants to put down his tools and go grab his stuff. He's also in the fire department, so double duty there. He's a volunteer fire volunteer fireman, tow truck driver. Very good reason to be listening to the scanner. He's just always listening. So he says, hey, I uh, I was listening to the scanner, and I heard you send uh, the police officer out to that house. And I'm like, yeah, I sure did. He goes, well, that house belongs to a guy named Dwayne. And I'm like, I know that. You know, I, I looked up the geographic information service. and know it's Dwayne's house. And he goes, well, Dwayne passed away a few years ago. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's weird. And, and his, his wife's in an insane asylum. She's got dementia, so she's in a she's in an insane asylum, about five five miles away. There shouldn't be anybody in the house. The house is all tied up in probate because she's insane and he's dead, and the kids are fighting over it. Right. But there could be a caretaker there. I'm like, ah, the caretaker's calling me. You know, I got Jack Tor- Jack Torrance out there calling me from from the house. You know, <laughs> he's got he's shining a little bit. So send the cop out there and. He gets out there, and what he reports to me later is this. He gets out there, finds the place all overgrown. The grass is all long. All the doors, all the windows are all boarded up. He tries to see inside. There's no signs of occupancy whatsoever. He doesn't have probable cause to go in there. I, I call back. He can't hear the phone ringing. Uh, so he eventually just has to be like, well, you know, just I don't know. Uh, I, I'm unable to resolve this case, and... I'm ten eight. It doesn't seem to be anybody in danger, and I, I have no, I have nothing that gives me police power to enter this address because I don't hear anything Talk inside. To the ghost. No one's answering me. So I call him on the phone. We kind of shoot the shit, and then he leaves. And I call the number again, and it answers. And I, and I'm on the phone. I'm like, and I can hear that static he's had him. And I'm like, Dwayne, can you hear me? And I just listen. And I just hear that crackling sound. And so I hang up and uh, call the police officer and say, you know, that was that was weird. And uh, and uh, I, I guess uh, he's driving through town later. He calls me back and says, hey, you remember that storm we had last night? I'm like, yeah, we had high winds. We had a bunch of power lines down. We had to send out the fire department for sparking lines. He says, there's this old old telephone line. It's down in the cemetery. Fell down, oh. over, fell down over Dwayne's grave. <laughs> and there's a receiver buried halfway through. That's the end of the story. I, I could say, oh, like, oh that... he also worked for the telephone company. <laughs> and actually, the part about the the phone line down being over his grave is is made up. That's from that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's the, the Twilight Zone. So what happens is when these old uh, when these old landlines get wet. Because like I said, we had that yeah. storm. Sometimes there's an electrical short. Yeah. And if there's any kind of electricity in the line, on a disconnected line, it can't call anyone but us. Like, you know. It, a, a it's either that or the battery on the on the, the old cordless phones. Could be that. Or um, or Dwayne, you know. But I just want to <laughs> just leave that out. There's a possibility. Anyway, I've been hanging out of that story for 10 months because I've been doing the show this whole time. And I'm like, I'm going to tell this at Halloween. Hopefully somebody got a kick out of it. And if you didn't, well, you know what? I was also going to do a case about the UFOs in Michigan. And get this. Like, this is not Sunday. Okay, this is not night. Wait, John, let me interrupt you. My my water's about to break. Uh, so, God bless you all. Happy Halloween. Drew's going to Here's lay. a very spooky. 
here's a very spooky exit. Guns up, giddy up. Good night, Drew. I've never finished a show without him, which is a little weird before. Last words, because Drew's gone, and you guys are all here for him anyway. I contacted uh, County, Michigan. They had a big UFO event in 1994. I believe this was Ottawa County. They had 911 calls coming in, all these UFOs. One of these UFO or one of these 911 dispatchers says, hey, uh, you know, I'm getting tired of these crank calls. He calls a National Weather Service radar operator. This is in western Michigan, Holland, Michigan. And uh, the, the National Weather Service radar operator picks up all these objects out over Lake Michigan. And he tracks them all night long. And I tried to get nine, the 911 calls to Ottawa County. And uh, so I sent in a FOIA request to Ottawa County. And I'm not trying to dog them. But I, I, I sent them an, e- an email. And, they, and I tell them everything I want. It's from Michigan 1994. And, I, and sometimes it's helpful when you're trying to get uh, media from these people. You, you say, well, it's, this has already been well documented. Drew and I have done cases where uh, we've already covered something where the media's already been released. So it's already in a media package. Normally, we'll just send you a link. We had to do that with Najee Seabrooks. They just gave me a link, and I was able to download everything. It's very easy to do. So I'm like, I'm telling him, like, just so you know, this case has been widely documented. It actually made uh, front page headlines back in the 90s. Larry King did an episode about it. Welcome back, Drew. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't have to come back. I actually bade you farewell for all time. Uh, so anyway, Larry, Larry King did an episode about this. So this was major news. And uh, so I contact Ottawa County about it. And they, and they said, well, you know, we actually have to have five days to respond. And just so you know, because it's, it's an email, it's an electronic request, it's that, that's an extra day. So six days before you'll get a response. One hour later, I get an email saying, we have no such material. And I hit reply. And I said, really? Because this was covered on an episode of Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries last year, 2022. And, and, you're, and just for clarification, you have no record of it. Everyone knows about this case. And, like, and I got no reply from Ottawa County. I don't know if they're just sick of it, which I don't blame them for. If they're just sick of uh, people asking about the UFOs, that's fine. If they feel like, we'll just tell Unsolved Mysteries and we don't have to ever tell anyone else ever again. Nothing came of it. I also reached out to MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. Uh, I asked them if they had any, uh, any documents that they'd be willing to release to us from interviews. They interviewed uh, a lot of people that night. It was going to be a great case. Just imagine how great it was, and then imagine it because you're not going to get it here on Cobb Center. So that's that's all you're going to get. Uh, I am. Uh, I guess I could do voicemails too, if you don't mind. Oh please, I could yeah, do let's voicemails, do it. and you're you're going to be here for that, which I think would be good if I could do the voicemails. I'm going to go ahead and bring those up. Hopefully they will play. Uh, let's go ahead and listen. Hey boys, just. Uh Calling on in. It's been a few weeks since I checked in. Love the show and always enjoy uh, seeing you guys uh, cover different topics. Hoping to tune in tonight's show, but we'll see. You have a few things lined up. So, as always, carry on and can I get a mic click? You sure can. Click, buddy. <laughs> That's uh. Thank you for calling us from beyond the grave. I appreciate, we appreciate it, Dwayne. So it's good to hear from you. I hope things are going well. <laughs> That's, I don't know who that was. Actually, I think I might know who it is because he's he's said Mike Click in the chats before. Yes. It's not yes. Bosco. Felony Mel. No, it's not Bosco. No. Uh, we'll keep going. Two more and then we'll Could close be Tony. Could be. We'll close it out with these two voicemails. Let's play them now. Any old time. Hey, John. 
Well, I guess Drew, too. Hey, John, just calling to compliment you on the fantastic job you're doing on the Failure to Stop podcast. This is Jim from Florida, your mentor. Thank you, mentor. Uh, keep up the good work, buddy. Talk to you soon. You're welcome. Thank you for those kind words. That Jim from Florida. Menting me. Thank you. <laughs> right. Hello, this is Jim from Florida calling for John. John, I, I, I tend to wonder who is the trained investigator on your broadcast team. I, I seem to think that you have the edge uh, in this after the three-hour marathon. Anyway, good job, John. I'm always in your corner. Thank you. Bye. But Jim, you forgot. You forgot me. You know, I am a pretty good investigator, and I'm beginning to suspect that Jim's compliments of me are merely tools of antagonization for you. Antagonization. <laughs> antagonization. Antagonization. It's late at night, and I'm full of Dayquil. Yeah. Uh, if I'm merely going to be a pawn in Jim's mind game on you. I guess, you know, I'll take what I can get. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate that. I, I can take Drew's piece if I move sideways, I think. So just just keep doing it. Antagonation is uh, a country music festival. I, I believe it's uh, Antagonation is uh, coming to a stadium near you. Anyway, guys, this has been great. Uh, one, thanks for closing up the suitcase trilogy with us. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Stay safe. Make good decisions. Uh, and no matter what you do, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. Support our sponsors. Uh, tell Ghostbed you love us. And above all, every day, wherever you go, guns up, getty up. Don't get yourself calm-centered. Don't get yourself calm-centered. And, and uh, Taylor Swift, uh, 1989 Taylor's version. Chiefs suck. Good go night. Expos. 100 episodes, 100 shows. <laughs>